0: Hey everybody, this is Terry of the Pete and Terry podcast, coming to you from World Domination Headquarters in sunny Southern California. Today's episode will explore a little more about our backgrounds, plus some interesting pop cultural icons that have influenced our lives, and some mind-blowing concepts that will change your life. You're welcome. Peter, I was thinking a little more about Burlington, Vermont. I know very mm-hmm. little about Burlington. I was wondering, like, how much do you think that you were influenced by Burlington? Like, what about Burlington has sort of impressed upon
1: you as you live your life? Wow, that's uh, that's really cutting to the chase, Terry. Um, I don't know, and I don't know if it's something I can actually point to. Burlington, being on the shores of Lake Champlain, I think was one of the key aspects of my entire formative years growing up in the Burlington area. And it's the same reason I go back every year. Besides the fact I've got a million members of my family, extended family, in and around the Burlington area. I was just doing a a head count. I've got 22 nieces and nephews. I think I've got somewhere in the range of 25 grand nieces or great nieces nephews. And then cousins, too numerous to mention. And 90% of them are in the Burlington area. So even though they weren't all in existence during my formative years, uh, it adds to the draw for Burlington. But I don't know if I answered the question.
0: Well, let me ask you this. I think that one indication of how strong that influence could be on you growing up there is, you know, how many friends do you still have today that grew up in Burlington as well? My premise is that because you all grew up there, you have the same sort of outlook on life such that you'd still get along with them today.
1: Yeah, and I think that I've gotten plugged back into the Burlington community. Interestingly enough, about eight months ago, I joined a Burlington history group. And in that group, I see at least 15 people that I went to school with, which is kind of cool. And so the gentleman that's doing this, Bob Blanchard. Uh, and I think I may have actually gone to school with Bob. And his family is another big family in Burlington. I'm sure that my older brothers and sisters went to school with one of his siblings. Um, he's been putting some fabulous stuff on this Facebook group website all about Burlington history, shit I'd never seen before or ever heard of. And it's uh, it's opened my eyes, but it's also allowed me to have chats with former buddies from high school. I've got maybe a half a dozen people that I will see every time I go back to Vermont, I'll see from high school. One guy is a really good buddy of mine. He's helped us with Juniper and some of the building and construction going on out there. My best friend from sixth grade through high school, at least the years that I was there. Two of my good friends um, passed away. We're at that age. Uh, No, we're not. Yeah, I am. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky lucky you. I'm nowhere near that age. But you know what's interesting, Terry, about similar background, similar upbringing, same school, same teachers, uh, small town, small town community. We all kind of did the same thing. One McDonald's in all of Burlington. That was the hangout after basketball games, after football games. Everybody kind of knew everybody. It seemed as though for me, my closest friends were family. When I look back on it, I hung out with my brother, my cousin, two of my cousins, three of my cousins all the time. And this was during my high school years, post high school, when I started working, was a merchant Marine. Every time I came back into town, I was hanging with family. And uh, I had one best friend. I see him occasionally, almost always family. It recharges my batteries. And I think that's a Lake Champlain thing. All of my extended family. I'd say fortunate to have of my 10 siblings, nine of them still alive because I'm second from the bottom on the uh, age ladder.
0: I think that's, you know, it's pretty typical to, uh, hopefully typical to still connect with your family and go back and see that. It's the same thing for, for me. You know, I've got a lot of family up in Seattle, but it's interesting that you said how you reconnected with this group, you know, a while ago. I did the same thing when I went to my 40th high school reunion, which was just a few years ago. It was so fun because, you know, I've been in Southern California for so long. I'd been still friends with a couple people from high school and, and been in touch, you know, a little bit. Then I went to the reunion and I saw so many people that I had been such good friends with for so long. And it was just fantastic. And so since then, the last couple of years, I've been in touch on Facebook and, and you know, Zoom calls and everything else. And there's also a North Tacoma Facebook page I'm on as well, and I see all kinds of names on there and, you know, familiar names and, and keeping up with people that way too. So
1: it's pretty interesting. Is, it, is North Tacoma Tacoma something – is it like a city or is it just an uh, an area of Tacoma? It's just Tacoma? an area. It's just an area of Tacoma. We don't let any, anybody else. We just yeah. keep the walls up around North Tacoma. Oh, God, it sounds – is that where the most beautiful high school is located as well? Mm-hmm. Is that a yes? That would be Stadium High School. That's correct. Is that my – Got my drink rattling. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was your drink rattling and your and your throat swallowing
0: and chewing on ice. This is my patented podcast drink of choice.
1: Which is what? And, well, it is uh, when you say patented that means the, the drink itself is protected by like, I mean the, it I mean it colloquially.
0: Mm, I love that word. My wife is actually a patent attorney. You know, she probably would tell me, you can't, you can't patent that, you dumbass. <laughs> but, um, but she, she'd be right. It is uh iced chai tea latte from Starbucks. And then you put in flavored tequila. And this is almond flavored tequila.
1: Oh, is that awful? And no, it sounds no, good. No, no, no.
0: It's really, really good. And I've also had this vanilla flavored tequila I put in last time. So, yeah, it's... Uh, That's what that is. Cheers to you, too. Pete, you asked how far Tacoma is from Seattle and whether people commuted to Seattle. And yeah, Tacoma is about 45 minutes from Seattle. And like a lot of people in Tacoma, my dad worked at Boeing in Seattle. So my dad commuted and he was telling us that he was doing that commute at the time that the I-5 was constructed. And he said that their van or their station wagon or whatever these guys are driving, they would go on Interstate Five before it was open. They would just drive on it, and just get out there, go between the cones, <laughs> and go, because they'd save so much time instead of <laughs> driving like the old Highway 99 or whatever it is up there. They were worried they could, about an, an incomplete bridge overpass. <laughs> no, they did it for months, they did it for months. These guys in the uh,
1: in the station wagon or whatever doing their commute. The old station wagon, a a car that is no longer around. Well, they replaced it with SUVs SUVs and all all the other bullshit. But the old station wagons, oh man, we had one. We had the uh, Vista Cruiser. I don't know if you remember that one, but it had an electric back window. That was so nice. Oh
0: yeah, I remember the first time we got that. That was a big deal. Did you guys have a station wagon that had on the outside of the car, it had handles on the outside of the window? So you could stand on the bumper and hold on to the handle as your dad, your dad would drop it. I'm not sure how many, no. how many lawsuits it took before something took those handles off that station
1: wagon, but I remember Do we I, had one of those. The handles could not have been there for that. They had to be for climbing up onto the roof in the luggage rack or something. Wow. <laughs> but of course, you guys. Yeah, right. of course, it's a handle. You jump on the bumper and you go. Boy, would that have come in handy in Burlington? We used to do. uh, I don't know if you got the kind of snow, the frequency of snow that we got in Burlington, but after the first snowfall that stayed on the ground, the roads would have that nice little one or two inches of packed powder from cars, but the roads weren't clear. So you got on, you got held onto the back bumper of a vehicle and you skitched. And we used to skitch from an apartment up on the hill above Burlington all the way down to downtown and then skitch home. The road conditions had to be ideal so you weren't going to catch pavement because if you cut, pavement while you were sliding on this, <laughs> on this oh, on I the snow. you did the head over heels thing but, oh. they were going, but the cars weren't going fast they, they just weren't trapped you know they're going 15 miles an hour at the fastest and that was no big deal so you just grab any any car that was just going by you had to do it at a stop at a red light so the cars were stopped and you kind of nonchalantly walk over and then duck down and then grab the grab the bumper and then they'd start and you'd keep your head down below
0: no we um, never did that Closest thing to that was down in old town in Tacoma, the, uh, the trains would go by and we'd be down there. They had these gulches, you know, like, like a canyon around here, but we'd call it a gulch. And we'd be playing with our friends in the gulch. We'd have like BB gun wars and all that. But then you'd go all the way down to the train tracks and there was this long curve and the trains would slow down to go on this curve. So we would go run alongside the train, jump on and ride like half a mile and then jump off.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of the same little bit of danger. You know, you're, you're being yeah. a stupid uh, teenager or Tell preteen I, uh, or preteen. Yeah, but I think I was a, a solid teenager. I'm not saying I was a solid citizen as a teenager. I'm saying I was a I was definitely in my mid-teens when I was sketching. I mentioned the Halloween gig that I did with uh, Nona mm-hmm. last time we spoke. Yes, Well, I actually reached out to her and uh she got back in touch so i wanted to read what she sent to me hi peter i just saw your message this is this is when you were in the coffin this was i'm in the coffin and she was my victim she's the one who walked up the stairs hi peter just saw your message now so nice to hear from you yes that halloween event is definitely one of the most memorable of my life and i too have told the story many times magical is the perfect word for it And I told, I, I sent back to her. I said, "Good. At least it, it wasn't a drug-induced state I was in, and it never happened." <laughs> <laughs> oh it's too
0: bad i mean nowadays you have that be on youtube right i mean people have gone viral people have had oh, cameras on yeah. it and
1: everything no doubt about it no doubt about it i was actually looking in the vermont cynic which is the U- university of vermont newspaper because they ran an article on that uh event and i have i think i'd have to go up there and check their archives they aren't electronically available but i do remember the article because somebody cut it out sent it to me That was back in the day when you had newspapers and to get an article to somebody had to cut it out. So next time back, I'll I'll try to pull up that piece and and truly confirm that that event actually did happen. So, Pete, I'd like to
0: move on to our next topic, which is pop icon references from the 1970s. And I think our guest host should be a part of this discussion. Do you know if he's available?
1: Uh, He said he'd be able to make himself available You know, he also said, yeah, but I've got things to do. So it's usually his way of trying to get out of things. But let's uh, see if we can bring him in and he can join this uh, discussion about the 70s. I wanted to uh, talk to you about some iconic pop culture
0: references. I did not give you these ahead of time. I just want to get your first impression. Was there an impression on you at the time? We'll start with the 70s. And our guest host is on. I'm here. All right, you can you uh, can follow where, up if you have anything to add. Since we were all we all lived through the seventies. Farrah Fawcett. What are your thoughts about Farrah Fawcett? I had that poster on my bedroom wall.
1: <laughs> I don't think my parents would <laughs> let me have a poster, but I saw that. Poster. <laughs> yep, she was in my strike zone. I mean, in my opinion. She was uh, one of the girls of my dream. I mean, I'm for sure to not have a poster. My parents, there's
0: no way they let me have a poster. I just remember seeing her and thinking, there's no way I will ever get a girl who looks like her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like out of reach, man. Out of reach. But I never I never wanted to I never wanted to do that to myself. I always said there's a, I was like the Jim Carrey and and Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) I always wanted to say there was that chance. You know what I found myself doing a lot? I don't think you
2: should be mentioning
0: that on here. (laughs) (laughs) What you used to do a lot looking at the (laughs) posters? No, no.
1: no. What I used to do a lot is people who would be attacking Farah for her acting chops or lack thereof. I would defend her acting capability. I remember going to bat for Farah and how what she could do on screen, and it might have been jaded because of my um, sexual attraction to her.
2: Oh, you think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am just—I'm just giving you my honest opinion about. Yeah, she was. Well, I know.
2: I know she really blossomed as an actress during the second
0: <laughs> season of Charlie's
1: Angels. <laughs> Which was the high-water mark for that show. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think it played? was. I think
0: it was only on three years.
1: And the second season. Well, You know what? They kept changing um, Angels. You know, there was Jacqueline Smith and Kate Jackson and Farrah Fawcett. Those were the big three. And then they went off Wasn't into one. She, Sher- Ladd. Sher- Sher- there was another one. What was her name? Not that I was watching the show or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you looked at her and you said, no, no way. Nobody looks like that is ever going to end up with me, but your lovely wife, please. Well, here's the thing. I think that Farrah
0: influenced me. I mean, I think I had one brunette girlfriend, and I had her, she was a girlfriend for like three years. Other than that, I had a lot of blonde girlfriends and married my wife who's a blonde. Was it a blonde. So I think, honestly, that Farrah Fawcett may have had something to do with that.
1: Okay. And I oh. have
0: seen pictures of my wife when she was in high school and she did have the fair faucet hair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She said everybody did. Were you guys pen pals and she sent you maybe a picture like that? No, you guys met where at law school? She is extremely younger than me. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. That's a whole different generation.
0: We met, I, I had already been practicing law for about five years and we met through some friends and she started law school right after we met.
1: Got it. Now, our guest host hasn't chimed in about Ferret, and I'm guessing he's keeping his innermost feelings close to the vest. But would you be willing to chat a little bit about that?
2: I remember spending a lot of time staring at that poster. I don't remember who had it, but she was definitely not one of the top two or three that I thought were like the best of all time. I remember thinking that she was definitely up there,
1: but not not number one so weird you know, our guest
0: host is wrong so often. Isn't that
1: weird? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we bring him on for his knowledge and, and uh, moral <laughs> compass. And he just turns out to be wrong. <sighs> anyway, go, I ahead. Can't explain.
0: go ahead. Sorry to interrupt.
2: Has she been judged on some, you know, all-time best list or something you're referring to? Just my own list. She's iconic. Oh, definitely. Vali- but I, now that I think about it, I'm like, who tops her? And Well, back... Furthered like Raquel Welch, Sheila Lennon, or whatever
0: Rita Hayworth for the mid seventies, though, or the, the whole seventies decade. I don't think there's anybody that was more popular. <laughs> spe- I mean, especially based pure on looks than Farrah Fawcett.
1: Yeah, yeah I that's think probably she, true. I think that's I think that's right. I think. That's oh, and then Pamela weird.
0: Anderson came
2: along after that. Maybe
1: oh, she was way after that. She was nineties, right? Yeah, she was
0: nineties. Hey, here's uh, uh, a <laughs> interesting factoid though. If Fear Fawcett was still alive today, she would be 75 years old.
1: Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. Think about that. That makes me sad anyway. She's older than I am.
2: Well, what about Connie Stevens?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about her the other day. Oh, we're in dude, you now. That's dude, an, odd, <laughs> it's an odd discussion. I've never talked about Connie Stevens. <laughs> I haven't either. I don't know who he's talking about. I know Connie Stevens the actress she always played a little bit of a the uh, somewhat of a bimbo but she was a little smarter than the the bimbo that she played
0: I thought um, she was a, like
1: a country music person or something No 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 See Connie it Ste- wasn't
0: obviously wasn't me talking about Connie Stevens Peter are you saying that it
2: was not you and I talking about that
1: Well I didn't want to admit to it but okay it was you and I <laughs> <laughs>
0: Another mystery solved <laughs>
2: And then I had to tell the story of how I met her.
0: Well, now you have to tell us and tell me. I've never heard this story. I was at a
2: um, recording of the TV show called So You Think You Can Dance one time. She was in the audience and they introduced her before the show. And she was sitting about eight rows in front of me. And she was probably in her 80s and very sort of unrecognizable. You know, they put the spotlight on her and then at a break or at the end or whatever, she was walking out and so I stepped over there to her and I said, hi, I'm a big fan (laughs) (laughs) Her her face lit up with a big smile, like, oh my God, somebody remembers me, you know. I didn't say I loved you in whatever, that's for sure, because I couldn't think of anything. I can tell you looking at Connie Stevens' Wikipedia that she was in very few things that I recognized maverick 77 sunset strip cheyenne most of this stuff was not big stuff i i feel like i i knew her best from like talk shows or something being on johnny carson or something like that i don't know what
1: it's possible but you can see that she was born a year Yes, yeah, so she was in that same blonde bombshell kind of period as was um farah believe it or not actually she's a little younger than farah would have been a little younger than farah today oh really yeah She was born in 57. Yeah, she's seven years younger than Farrah. Huh. Interesting. I imagine if we dug any deeper, we'd find out that she auditioned for Charlie's Angels and lost (laughs) out to Farrah. Most likely. So, Terry, that's the 70s pop culture question for me. I've got one for the 80s. Oh, do you now? Okay, now this is probably more your sweet spot than mine. Mine was 70s. I was, you know, that was my teens into my 20s. Right, but I have a feeling... This may have had some influence on you. Okay. In the
0: 1980s, this became very popular.
1: Pac-Man and Centipede. For me, it was Pac-Man and the follow-up, Ms. Pac-Man. So Pac-Man was fun. Miss Pac-Man for me was a game that I played way too much. Centipede, I just never, I never got very good, so I gave up on it. What about the guest host?
2: Uh, I was... um, Weren't you like a state
0: champion in Pac-Man or something?
1: Ms.
2: Ms. Pac-Man, I played a lot in college and um right before that but the one that i i got hooked on i, I mean we, we never had any of those games in our house when i was young <laughs> yeah uh what was that one though with uh asteroids
1: oh yeah that was
2: the first one i ever got hooked on and i really didn't play many others i played some donkey kong and ms pac-man and and Whatever I just mentioned.
1: <laughs> yeah, because Asteroids came in right after Pong. You remember Pong was kind of the first of the tabletop yeah. video yep. games. And then Asteroids came in and Galaga shortly thereafter. And I was I loved Asteroids. And it was such a simple two-dimensional game, but it was a lot of fun. My rich uncle had uh, had Pong
0: on his TV at home. And we'd go over there, and I'd never seen anything like it. Obviously, it was a new thing. It was like, oh, my God, look at this. How do they do it? I just couldn't, I could not wrap my head around how something could be real time where you're hitting something with moving something. Yeah. It just blew my mind.
1: That was amazing. That was so true. I remember there was a place in Burlington that had probably four Pong tables. So they so they used it as the bar table, bar top, and you had chairs on each side. And you'd go in and you'd ask, is a Pong table open? <laughs> <laughs> pong table for two. I don't remember that restaurant and I'm certain that they don't have the pong tables anymore.
0: So here's another, another eighties reference for you too. That may have influenced you. It influenced me more than the, than the video games did MTV MTV came in into the eighties. And I just remember coming home from class. I think I have distinct memories coming home from law school and sitting there and watching MTV for hours, Wow! watching the videos, listening to the music and waiting for your favorite video to come up and seeing like a cool song with a cool video, they did it right. You know, if it was like a crappy song that had a great video, you'd still watch. But if it was a good song that had a shitty video, they'd be like, Oh, you ruined that song for me. That is so true. When you had a good video with a good song, it was was crazy. You just watched for hours.
1: And for me, it was groundbreaking. But I wasn't that early fan. I remember Martha Quinn and Mark somebody or other, a few of the early people. But I wasn't totally into it. I remember Duran Duran being kind of a leader in the early Mm -hmm. video progression. But then, then it happened. Then it was like a major motion picture. It was Michael Jackson's Thriller. Madonna
0: Madonna hit it big before Michael Jackson did.
1: Yeah, but did she do anything like that 11-minute or 10-minute version of Thriller? I'm a Halloween guy. I'd have to look it up.
0: I mean, she had videos that were that were crazy
1: things no one had ever thought
0: of. You know, and the music was great, dance music, and I think Michael came a little bit after that.
1: Yeah, I think I think it did come after Madonna. For me, that was the first time that MTV became a, um, one of those things where I'd want to get home and I'd want to see that video again because there was no right. really other way to see it. It was either on MTV or some news station was carrying it. Yep, you had to wait till it came on television, and MTV was the only place to see it. Uh, How about the guest host? He's remained quiet here, so maybe he wasn't a child of MTV.
2: Uh, It wasn't huge. My memory was, most of it was not that entertaining. But I definitely remember Thriller and some of that other stuff. I didn't watch it that much. You're just not into
0: music and art, things like that?
1: Yes. (laughs) Because you were a Jocko fan from way back. Oh, I remember you used to talk about MJ all the time, like he was your hero.
2: Yes, I would definitely watch any of his videos that came on there. Right, but not much beyond that on that on MTV that that I remember. But I would never have called them Jocko either. Whatever you just call them.
1: My recollections used to refer to him as Jocko. Did you see Jocko on that (laughs) Grammy Awards
0: show? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, everyone else was referring to him as Jocko, but the guest host would always say Jocko. That
1: (laughs) That is truly absurd. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's what we were
0: saying at the time.
1: But my recollection is just that. And it may be faulty, but it's my recollection. So you leave me alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's my recollection. Just leave me alone.
0: You go ahead and stay with your memories. Leave it. Alternative <laughs> facts.
1: Okay, so that's the eighties. Yes, Pete. That was the
0: seventies and the eighties. And now I'd like to turn to a short discussion on some current events. You know what's interesting, Pete?
1: Yes, guessing,
0: I was just thinking about this the other day. Let's say Russia invades like they're doing in Ukraine. I'd be the first guy lined up down at Big Five Sports to get as many
1: rifles as I could. Invades where? Are you talking about our yeah. shores?
0: yes. I mean, okay. he's going to
1: eventually. Okay. Well, wait a second. He we got to let him try to ravage Europe before you know he's going to be showing up on Virginia Beach or something. So let's try to meet him and destroy you know maybe Poland or Germany before they get to us. So I don't need to go down hey. to Walmart or Big. I, I don't. I don't think a, so.
2: It was a hypothetical, Peter.
1: Oh, it was okay. Yeah. It's a hypothetical that factually isn't is unsupported, and I'm not willing to go down that road.
2: Okay. What happens if some other country invades, physically invades our shores, as you put it? Do you go down and get a six, six guns from the local uh, Walmart or do you stay
1: home? Well, it depends. We're here on the West Coast. And so if it was the eastern seaboard, I'd say there's a lot of people over there. Let them take care of their back country. And th- they know the lay of the land better than we do. But I'll tell you what, they get to the Pacific. I don't know who we're talking about, but they could be China. I will take up arms. You know, I'll head to Nebraska. And I'll um, compare- <laughs> why Nebraska? Why? Well, that seems to be furthest. It's equidistant from the coasts,
2: so it's the last place that they'll get to. I think that's correct. <laughs> so
0: tail between your legs, running as fast as you can. Yes, but I also
1: point. I'll also stay as far away from those uh, the nuclear silos as possible. So I guess I won't be in Nebraska, Kansas. You know, it's really a good question. There's an area in the Northwest Territory that's supposed to be relatively calm and peaceful. Territory. <laughs> Um, Northwest Territories. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's well, northern In Canada. Northern yeah, northern Canada, Canada, just outside the Arctic Circle. Did you
0: hear? Did you hear that Russia? I'm um, literally. This is true. Russia is now moving towards northern Canada across the ice cap. They're putting ships up there right now.
1: Well, they've been doing that, and they've been putting submarines under the ice the ice pack for for years and years as we have. So that doesn't bother me as much. now I think my point is there is no place to hide if this thing escalates. We all know that. I know where I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna stay here and shoot him up.
0: <laughs> you know, I would go to South America. No one's talking about South America. Where are Brazil and Argentina and Ecuador on this whole Ukraine thing? I haven't heard a word out of those guys.
1: Well that's that's smart for them. They're trying to stay out of the fray, but that's the problem with uh with Anything having to do with nuclear armed countries.
0: So Peter, I was notified this week that uh, Uh-oh. I think we had at least twenty-five listeners. I think it's or now up, yeah, I think it's now up to thirty-eight.
1: Wow. So where where can
0: people listen to our podcast?
1: Right now it's on Spotify only. So Spotify, You're- that's our that's the only game in town for us. A quick update for our listeners. You can now find our podcast on Amazon Music iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and coming soon to Apple Podcasts. This is Pete for Pete and Terry saying thanks for listening. That's it for us, listeners. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Pete and Terry's podcast. And now it's Phase with Echoes in the Canyon.